the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. This is your hour when Orlando Magic's Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. Uh, Alan Dempsey does our engineering each weekend. And then uh, another key person is Andrew Herdliska, who produces the show. In this first segment, Dr. Michael Youssef is with us from Atlanta. And uh, the pastor, founding pastor of the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta. You you hear him on uh, Sirius Radio. Uh, his new book is out called The Hidden Enemy. And uh, it's just wonderful, Michael, to hook up with you. And I hope things are well with you. Wonderful, uh, Pat. Yes, we are so grateful to the Lord. Uh, I'm going to celebrate my 70th birthday this year, so I'm uh, and I'm uh, delighted to uh, have lived that long, and that uh, the Lord has given me more energy now than ever before. So how can I complain? Good for you, Michael. The new book is out. Tyndale put it out. Uh, Eric Metaxas did a foreword: "The Hidden Enemy: Aggressive Secularism, Radical Islam." and the fight for our future. Michael, why was it important to get this book written and published? Well, the importance is because the average person, whether it be in the church or out of the church, they don't have a clue of what's going on. And I've talked to enough people to know that. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that now Europe, and this is not a Christian or an evangelical person who said this, This is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. He says that Europe, and he was doing it as a warning, not uh, gloating, uh, if they're not going to wake up in time by, in the next 20 years, it will be taken over by the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm. And the problem is most secular minds uh, focusing on tolerance and uh, equality and all that kind of stuff, and they said, well, they need to have their fair share. They don't understand that this unholy alliance uh, by which they are literally welcoming, not Muslims, because I I have many Muslim friends. I just spent last uh, November three hours with President Sisi of Egypt, uh, and I have Muslim world leaders and Muslim uh, uh, diplomats, and they're good friends of mine. So Islamists, as a distinct from Muslims, these are the political, political Islam who believe that the world must submit to Allah and to his Sharia, or his law, and uh, under the caliphate. Now, these are the people who are really working hard and uh, behind the scenes, uh, working these alliances with the secularists. What happened when Europe departed from the gospel, from the, from the gospel of Christ, uh, basically they created a vacuum. And who's filling that vacuum? Islamists. And they're the ones now who are using the, 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 the liberty we have in the West in order to achieve what 
they want to achieve. And you see, the thing is, they write it. It's, it's in Arabic. It's out there. This is not a secret, except the average person is so busy with sports and everything else and uh, entertainment and Hollywood uh, that they are not focusing that by 2050 uh, we could have the Western world under an Islamic uh, flag. Michael, you do a chapter early in the book called What America Is and Isn't. Yes. Uh, what are you telling us there? Why is that important? Well, uh, I think uh, th- th- there are so many Americans, and I'm, I was not born here, but I'm one of those legal immigrants who came to this country, and I have such great love for this country. And uh, I, I talk to enough people, particularly the younger generation, they really do not understand. And when, when, when President Obama poo-pooed uh, this thing about American exceptionalism, they agreed with him. I said, do you know what you're agreeing about? Do you understand what exceptionalism is? They haven't got a clue. Mm. America is unique in the annals of history, and not even in all Western democracies in Europe. Nothing like this uh, nation where there is a constitution, a bill of rights, where the people... Uh, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a republic. It's it's not just a democracy, but it's a republic. Uh, and and therefore, I wanted to explain, you know, to the younger generation, particularly, look, know what this great country is all about, because they don't learn this in civics in schools anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 so I have to begin there in order to show them uh, what we have and the blessings that God. Uh, choose to bestow upon uh, this nation through the Founding Fathers' endeavor and hard work and sacrifice, and therefore go from there to show that sometimes uh, uh, not only Americans don't understand what America is, but there are certain things that in America we do, unfortunately, that can invite uh, you know, for sinister forces to come in and use our own um, liberties against us. Dr. Michael Youssef is with us from Atlanta. Uh, Michael, the next topic is simply called secularism. You call it the enemy within. Uh, why do you say that? What's that mean? Well, uh, if you read some of the writings of these militant secularists, that's what I call them, militant secular, because they are militant. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, some of them reject that title, but it is absolutely a true title. They're saying, for example that uh, after the age of five, children should have no control over their... Uh, parents should have no control over their children. That ought to be controlled by the state. And uh, they, they, some of them have written to say that to teach the Bible to kids is, uh, is tantamount to abuse. And all of this goes on to... <laughs> literally against the grain, and, and, and they are militant against Christianity. Now, generally speaking, you would think that they will be against all religions, but they pick and choose because they fear Islamists. They keep their mouth shut. I'll tell you, I'll give an example. The outgoing BBC head was retiring, and, and they had a press conference. A friend of mine was there at that press conference in England, and he told me, the, the question came, why do you beat up on Christians when uh, Muslim and Islamic terrorism uh, uh, abound, and you say nothing or try to hide that fact. He said, well, it's no-brainer. Christians have broad shoulders. I'm literally quoting here. Uh, but uh, Muslims, on the other hand, would uh, 
show up, if we criticize them, they will show up on Oxford Street with <laughs> grenades and guns. So in many ways, fear has worked. So these secularists, uh, take, for example, the ACLU. Uh, some Muslims in schools demand that they stop at noon in order to go and pray. And then they demand a special room for them to pray. The ACLU would not say a word, never a word of criticism. Uh, uh, the people against the, the American, uh, uh, against religion, uh, nothing. Why? They fear. But you get a group of Christian kids who want to meet before or after school, oh my goodness gracious, they'll drag them into the courts. And so the secular forces now have joined in an unholy alliance with the Islamists. Uh, Michael, tell us about finding the truth in a post-truth world. Uh, what does all that mean? Well, uh, you know, the, the, the slogan now is truth is relative. Mm. Therefore, you have your truth, I have my truth. There are no objective truth. Once you get in that muddy, murky waters, you're literally going to have a, a, a I mean, it, 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 in the end, it will be not only chaos, but also mayhem, and, 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 and we, we could really find ourselves in a worse situation uh, than Rome found itself uh, back in the 4th century. And so once you say and you declare there is no objective truth, then uh, the, the, the powerful will beat the weak, and that is really what is happening now. The powerful, the media, the the elite, and, and they're the ones who beat up on Christians and say they're not intellectuals, they're not thinking, and, uh, and, 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 and beat up on them in order to defeat their ideology. Let's move to this topic, Michael. But first of all, we've got to take a break uh, for these messages, and then we'll be back for more with Dr. Michael Youssef, founding pastor of the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, uh, his new book is out uh, with Tyndale. It's called The Hidden Enemy. Uh, just a reminder, uh, I'm your host, Pat Williams, and you're listening to the Saturday Power Hour right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, in Orlando. And we always like to remind you that faith comes by hearing. More with Michael Youssef right after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Kevin Pacorny. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design right here, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Join the Orlando Bible Church Saturday afternoon from 5 to 6 for What Sayeth the Scripture? Bring your Bible for an hour-long call-in program on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. 
Hi, everyone. Pete Paquette here, your morning host at 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Hope you're having a great day today. You know what? I am having a great day. And you know why? I had a much better night's sleep last night than I did a week ago or a couple of weeks ago. You know why? My pillow is here. It helps me sleep so much better at night. And just like all of you, you know, I had been hearing about my pillow. Pretty skeptical that it was as great as everyone was saying. Well, guess what? I received it. I'm using it. I'm sleeping on it soundly every night. I love it. And you will, too. You know, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer going on right now for our Word listeners. MyPillow is now offering two MyPillow premiums for one low price plus free shipping. Did you hear that? MyPillow now offering two MyPillow premiums for one low price plus free shipping. Now, if you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. Call 800-872-4915. Use promo code WTLN or simply go online to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use promo code WTLN. Go online, too, to MyPillow.com, promo code WTLN. Armored by truth. What we see written on the pages of scripture uh, are living sermons. They're like living testimonies of the power of God in their life. We see their example, and we're to follow that example. Pastor Bashir and Armored by Truth. Afternoons at 430. Only on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Michael Youssef, best-selling author, pastor, uh, speaker, radio host. He does a lot of things, and uh, we're privileged to have him. Michael, uh, explain this one to us in your new book. Will political Islam destroy Western civilization? Question mark. Sure. Uh, You know, in the last segment, I explained the difference between Muslims, uh, Mm -hmm. those particularly, uh, the average, what we call the moderate Muslims, and those Islamists, or political Islam uh, 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 proponents. I I met with some really high-powered leaders in the Middle East, from heads of states to their cabinets to their chief of staffs and and in the constant conversation, I found them, uh, these so-called moderate Muslims, much more uh, concerned about what uh, Islamists are doing in Europe than we are. Uh, this is the most amazing thing. And, and, and one head of a state looked at me and he said, explain to me why America would not call the Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist organization like we did here. And uh, I said, you know, it's, it's fear, basically. So political Islam, as a distinct from some of the moderate Muslims, they take literally those uh, injunctions in the Quran about killing the infidels, mm-hmm. destroying the infidels. Uh, and when you're weak and in a strong position, you can lie to them, something called taqiyya. Uh, all of that, use the laws. I mean, for example, in, in Brussels now, they have a law where... You cannot say anything negative against uh, Islam. Same in Switzerland, believe it or not, and now coming into France and England. And so they basically, those people who are committed to domination, world domination, what we call uh, Islamists, they are basically planning and plotting and organizing to bring the West, Europe, and and North America under the... the, uh, the Islamic flag. Uh, there is a, a, a imam in Washington D.C. who said, "He said I, I perceive that by 2050, 
the Islamic flag will be flying over the White House and the Congress. Mm. And then you go and read about what they say and what they do and how they go about it and working on campuses and they're working in schools and they're working. I mean, they're now demanding that school kids in America uh, be indoctrinated about Islam. And school after school, I know a Christian school here, a Presbyterian school. When I talked to the headmaster, why did you bring him in? He said, we didn't have a choice. And, mm. and this is now happening all across America. I'm coming up with a second book next uh, uh, next uh, spring, I'm um, calling it The Third Jihad, where I'm really elaborating on, on, on these efforts, uh, documenting all of these, uh, 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 of these uh, uh, endeavors that they are pursuing in order to accomplish their goal by 2050. This, this is their number, not mine. <laughs> 2050, uh, they will have uh, the, uh, the Islamic flag over the White House and the Congress. And that is something should alert. Look, I'm not going to be here to see it, but I know my grandchildren will. Uh, we're blessed with a bunch of grandkids, and I really i am concerned. I, I don't want them to say, well, you know, Papa, we knew about this. Why didn't you say something? So that's why I'm saying something. I'm warning people. I'm, I'm pleading with them. Check the evidence. Don't just live in la-la land and say, well, you know, everything is fine for, with, for me, and I don't have to worry about it. Yes, you do. Because when that time comes, unless we wake up in time, uh, we will wake up and find that there's no Western civilization anymore. <clears throat> Michael, you write illusion and delusion or truth, question mark. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> you need to explain that one to us. Well, uh, you know, basically, what uh, uh, what the uh, uh, the the uh, uh, Lynn, Lynn Barber, for example, is is an English journalist who who writes for the Sunday Times, and back in May 2017, uh, she published a personal and distinct distinct you know very uh, 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 anguishing story of an encounter of a young Muslim man with a, a British woman, and then you you, you realize that. While we're trying to do these things out of the kindness of our heart, uh, they they give us the illusion that they are friendly. They you know they are basically uh, just like us and they believe in the same God and so forth. And what what we are falling for this uh, uh, and, and and we're becoming deluded uh, by believing this. For example, I document another story that's going to be published very soon, where a Holocaust survivor. Uh, befriended a little boy, and she will pay him. She lived in Paris, and she will literally give him money to help her carry the groceries. And the boy grew up literally being uh, supported and loved by this uh, by this uh, uh, sweet lady. But then uh, last year, uh, uh, she, he now grown to be a man, and another friend came and literally killed her in her apartment and robbed her. Mm. And you would say, illusion, delusion, I mean, we're, we're living in, in this without, and, and, and you know, the reason I personally think I support Netanyahu, even though so many of my Jewish friends don't, is because he, he knows the score. He knows uh, about these delusions, and he's not going to fall for them. They're trying to get him to get suckered in it. The Europeans are trying, the, 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 the Canadians, and some Americans. But he knows what the score is, and he is not going to buy into this delusion that um, it, Islam is a peaceful religion. The word, and they say, oh, it comes from the word peace, salam. No, it doesn't. It comes from the word surrender or submission. And so you either submit 
or you get killed, or if you're a Christian or a Jew, you can be allowed to live if you pay a very high form of taxation, which they call jizya. That's a penalty. Mm. Michael, explain, is God's judgment inevitable? Well, I have uh, written in the past about how the relationship between Israel in the time of the Babylonian exile and the West. Now, we we have our own barbarians here, and, and, and we have our own Babylonian exile. That is, the when the Babylonians came and terrorized Israel and took them into exile, it was because for 200 years, prophet after prophet after prophet comes and pleads with the people, turn to God, turn to God, uh, remember your God, but then they continues and persisted in worshiping of Baal and Ashtoreth and all this, and then they continue to just live for self. And finally God said, well, I've had enough. And the Babylonians came, terrorized Israel, and carried them into exile. And and, and in a sense, the Babylonians of our day are the Islamists. These are the Muslim uh, 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 people who want to dominate the world. And unless we turn to God in time, and unless we wake up in time, it could be that they will be our judgment, that God is going to use them to judge us, just like he used the Babylonians to judge his own people, Israel, for their stubbornness and, and, and refusal to repent. Now, Michael, it's time to talk about action agenda. And you say, you can make a difference. Well, here's the problem. Uh, You know, we read in history, and and we say this is far removed from us, where churches have departed from the truth, uh, uh, Islam took over. For example, in North Africa, uh, there was a heresy that was rampant but in the church. Now think about this. In North Africa, in the first 500 years of Christianity, it was dominant. It was 85 to 90 percent of the population Christians. But they were unfaithful Christians. They departed from the truth, and they thought Jesus was this and this and the other thing, and God is too big, you know, and, and the, God, the Bible is not closed book, that God can still speak with authority. So when the Islamic hordes came in in the middle of the 600s, they said, well, let's listen and see what they have to say. Within 35 years, Thousands, tens of thousands of churches turned into mosques. So we know it from history. Today, we are seeing so many megachurch pastors are now falling for the same heresy and saying, well, you know, God is too big. He has too many ways to God. What did Jesus really mean, that I am the only way, the truth, and the life? And, and this is not in mainland denominations, which we call them liberal denominations. I'm talking about evangelical churches. And as we depart from the truth, you know, there'll be, it's inevitable that judgment will come. So what I'm pleading with believers, Bible-believing uh, Christians, I'm pleading uh, with, 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 those, with those folks to know the truth, live the truth, and proclaim the truth unashamedly. Don't be ashamed of the gospel uh, in all of its glory, because that is going to actually lead us into catastrophe and it could bring about the judgment of God. So I'm, that, that's, that's what I'm asking people to come, you know, to, to do something. I'm not just cursing the darkness. I'm lighting a candle. 
Michael, there's an epilogue to your book. Uh, I want you to explain it. It simply says the evangelist and the terrorist. That's your epilogue. Yes. Well, you know, uh, when God... You see, I escaped from Egypt in the 60s, mm-hmm. literally with the clothes on my back. And I wanted nothing to do with that part of the world because I was persecuted and a young man as I was. And, and, and uh, so I, I basically had not, want nothing to do with, with that world. But, you know, as I, I jokingly say, you know, God tricked me. And uh, even though I have become, you know, blessed in, in the West, and, and so God began to put a, a, a burden on my heart that these people don't know the right from the left, just like Nineveh when Jonah was called to, to do this. And so I began to say, look, I'm not going to be just a privileged pastor. I want to do something with money, with, with talent, with everything God gave me. So we began to take the gospel to the Middle East in the most unique way in the media, and not just the Middle East, North Africa, really the world, uh, radio and then television. So we have a television station 24-7, dedicated to preaching of the gospel, called Kingdom Set. It's in 190 million homes now. Mm. And so, you know, we're broadcasting the gospel. So what happened, we have a, 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 a team on the ground in most of these countries, and when somebody sees a program, want to come to Christ, call this number, and they call the person in their country, and they follow up. Well, what happened, we have a a man who was high up on ISIS, and one of the highest uh, ranking. People actually would pledge allegiance to him. They, they call him Amir. And uh, he was watching the program and saw the number in his country, and he said, well, I'll call this guy. Mm. So he called, talked to the guy, said, I want to meet with you. Now, our man was basically terrified, and, and he knew that this, but he felt the Lord saying, go. Well, he goes to the first meeting, shares Christ with him, tell him how Christ loved him, died on the cross for him. And, um, and, and that was the end of it. He didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. But then he calls him a few, few days later. This is urgent. I've got to see you. I saw this disturbing dream after I talked to you. And the man began to explain to him, you know, what the dream is and why God showed him this dream. And so he pulls a little knife out of his sharp knife out of his pocket. He said, I brought this with me last time because I was going to slit your throat. Oh. And, uh, and, and he said, I, he put that thing on the table, and he said, now I want to receive Christ. Well, mm. this Amir of Isis is now an evangelist working with us to <laughs> preach the gospel to his own folks. And so God still in the miracle business. God is converting souls. We have thousands upon thousands of people, young Muslims, who are so disillusioned after ISIS, and they were saying, well, you know, we, we really did not know what we believe, so we tried to examine what we believe after the rise of ISIS. And now tell me about Jesus. So we, we're seeing an amazing number of people coming to Christ. While the West is departing from faith, we're seeing them in the East coming to Christ. So, which tells me we probably are getting close to the end. <laughs> no, that's great. Michael, it's always good to catch up with you, and Thank uh, you, Pat. Thank so, you so, much. so glad that we could visit, and I will be eagerly awaiting your new book, which is out, what do you say, next spring? It'll be next spring, yes, The Third Jihad, where I actually document uh, the groups in America and in Europe who are working um, out, out in the open, no, no, no secret, out in the open, 
to Islamize the West. And they're calling it the third jihad. The first was in the 600s, 700s, and then the second jihad was in the 1400s when Turkey went all the way to Vienna. And uh, they said, the third one, we're going to take over Europe. And, but this is how we're going to do it. So I basically show the world what they are saying. Well, we'll, we'll have you on with us next spring. Uh, this is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We've got more after this right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Dr. Michael Youssef was our guest in that first segment. Uh, Kristen Welch is here. Uh, She's uh, down in the heart of Texas, Houston area, founder of Mercy House Global. Her new book is out, Raising World Changers. Uh, Welcome, Kristen. So glad that you're with us and look forward to chatting with you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. Raising World Changers in a Changing World, How One Family Discovered the Beauty of Sacrifice and the joy of giving. How did this book come about, Kristen? Well, it came about uh, just as a chronicle of the life that I've been living the past few years with my family. Um, When I became a parent, I don't think I intentionally set out to raise world changers, but I realized that when we teach our kids to put others first and love God more than we love ourselves and to be kind to other people, that's exactly what we're doing. We're asking them to live upstream in a downstream culture. And and so this is really just a, a diary of what we've learned and what we've gotten wrong and what we've gotten right and really some powerful truths that have been revealed to our family. You open the book with a chapter called The Question We Must Ask. Uh, what are you writing there? Well, um, I was in Kenya a few years ago with my kids and my husband and we um, have maternity homes there that we uh, operate and through our nonprofit. And I was uh, really just celebrating all that God had done um, in that journey. And my um, my daughter was about 14 at the time, and she was sitting with um, one of the residents of the maternity home. And I heard the, the little girl who is a teen mom, asked my daughter a question. They're about the same age, but raised in two totally different cultures, two completely different backgrounds. And she asked my daughter, why do you think you were born in America and I was born in Kenya? And the question just knocked the wind out of me because this little girl had been abused and traumatized in a very violent situation um, had, that had resulted in a pregnancy. And uh, she was completely alone in the world. And my daughter was living a totally opposite life where she had advantage and access to every opportunity. Um, I just sort of waited, and my daughter answered that question in such a beautiful way that really set the trajectory of our family. She said, I don't know why you were born here in Kenya and why I was born in America but I think it's because I'm supposed to help you. Mm. And it was profound, and um, I think that's it. We have to ask ourselves why we were born where we were born. Um, 
if we're born in North America and live here, then we're, you know, 75%, we're in the 75% wealthiest people in the world. And, you know, we didn't get to choose where we were born, just like a mother in a slum in Kenya didn't choose that. It's just God's sovereignty. And, it, um, you know, we don't, we don't get to make that choice. It is what it is. And um, I think we were born where we were born in North America so that we could share what we have, this super abundance that we live in with people who have less. And what we've discovered in our families in doing that, we don't have less, we have more. And we've just discovered this profound purpose and joy in giving our lives away. How did you get called to work in Kenya? How did that come about? Well, it was really unexpected, as most, I think, um, yeses to God are. Um, I'm a writer by profession. I've been blogging at wearethatfamily.com for over a decade now. And um, I uh, was invited by Compassion International, which is the world's largest child sponsorship program, to travel to Nairobi, Kenya, to write about poverty in the farm in an effort to get kids sponsored. And that trip in 2010 just completely wrecked me. Um, it it really exposed me to the world's normal, and it blew open everything I thought I knew about God and religion and caring for um, the poor, and um, it changed my life in, in so many different ways. It really changed the way that we parent our kids, um, so that's, that's what was the instigative catalyst for starting Mercy Health Global. Let's move to your second topic in your book, if we may, Kristen. Jesus, the greatest giver who changed the world. Uh, you devote almost 20 pages to that chapter. What, what, are you, what are you writing? What are you saying? Well, I think that we have such an amazing example um, from our Savior who really paid the highest act of love, gave us the best gift at the greatest cost to the least deserving in us. And, um, Jesus gave his life. And I think in our culture, we, uh, we're we good at giving back. You know, you hear initiatives and it, you can turn on the TV or radio every day and hear about opportunities to give back. And I think what God has asked us to do as followers of him is not to give back, but to give our all. And that's what he did. That's the example that we have. Um, through what Jesus did for us. He gave us everything. And I think there's a lot of reasons we don't give everything. You know, we're afraid, and um, and we think it will cost us a lot. But in this specific chapter, I share the story of a very generous person who uh, was my son's archery coach and how he um, just used what he had, the gifts that he had, and gave those, um, to my son and a lot of other young kids and how it really changed um, my son's life. And, and now my son does the same thing. He learned from that example and, and is generous because of what this coach did in his life. And I think we have this beautiful example um, where God really asks us to love God first, to love others, and to make disciples. Let's move to the, this topic, uh, Kristen. You call it when there's too much or not enough to go around. Uh, explain that for us. 
Well, I think that um, we we live in a super abundance in our culture, um, and the rest of the world doesn't. And we, I, I know for me personally, I spend a lot of time trying to fill a void, and, and I was a believer, but really trying to um, accumulate and buy an American dream. And the more that I got, the emptier I felt. And mm-hmm. um, it really took a trip around the world to wake me up. And it woke me up spiritually and physically, um, emotionally, every way, where I realized that people who had physically less than me actually had more spiritually. They, um, they understood that Jesus was enough for them. And that was something that I really struggled with. And so um, I feel like God in that moment asked me to be a bridge between those who have too much and those who don't have enough and help people through education and um, just purpose discover that um, accumulating and keeping everything to ourselves doesn't give us more. It really robs us of the joy and satisfaction that we find and sharing what we have with others. Let's move, let's move to this topic. Is our extra a blessing or a test? And then there's a question mark, Kristen. What, what, what's, uh, what's the answer here? Well, I think um, I'm probably like most people listening. Every good and perfect gift that I've received, I've assumed it's a blessing from God, and even the Bible tells us that, that the, the good things in our life are blessings from God, but I assumed that they were all for me to keep. And I spent, um, I have spent the majority of my life changing my lifestyle with every blessing that's come my way with raises and bonuses and job changes and tax return, you know, anything that was unexpected or a, a blessing. I used that. I just assumed it was for me to keep and I used it to change my lifestyle. But, there wasn't a lot of joy in keeping everything that I've been given. And um, when I started asking God the, this question, God, did you give me this to keep or did you give it to me to share? It really changed everything for me and for my family. Uh, and so now when, when we receive something unexpected, that's what we do. God, is this a blessing for us to keep or a test? And you want us to share what we've been given. And I realized I had actually failed that test um, pretty often by, by keeping it to myself. And so um, I think it's a powerful question to ask. We can change our lifestyle. We can keep changing our lifestyle. Or we can use the blessings that God has given us to change lives. Kristen Welch is our guest. Uh, her book is called Raising World Changers. Kristen, giving our homes a generosity overhaul, how do we do that? Well, I think we have to acknowledge maybe why we struggle with generosity. Um, And this is what I I tried to do in this chapter was just talk about um, when we're honest with ourselves. There are four reasons why um, I discovered I wasn't generous, and those are selfishness, just naturally wanting to put myself first. Um, second, ignorance. I think sometimes we're not generous because we simply don't know how other people feel or live, and that was definitely 
part of my um, my problem. I just didn't know what the world's normal was. I assumed that everyone lived um, like I did, or even had some of the the options. You know, we we can live in a bubble if we want to, and that's exactly what I did for a long time. I think the third reason we're not generous is fear. We're we're scared that we're not going to have enough for ourselves, or um, which really I think that the underlying truth there is um, faith. You know, we we're afraid that God's going to let us down and not meet our needs. And uh, the fourth reason is a lack of trust, just not trusting um, trusting God to um, do what He said He would do. And I think when when we can overcome those those issues and go ahead and step out and and release what's in our hands. You know, we cling really tightly to what we have when we can open our hands and give back um, what God has given to us. Um, there's just a lot of joy in that. What does it mean when you write the high cost of giving our lives away? Well, I think that um, I, I like to call it Jesus math when we look on paper and tally up our assets and what God has given us. And it's not just monetarily, but um, health and um, family and, and talent, um, along with our resources. On paper, if we give part of that away, it looks like we would have less. I mean, that's just an economic equation. If you give what you have, you're not going to have as much. But I think when we give what we have to Jesus or give it back to him and lay it down on the altar or loose our hands and, and loosen the grip that we have on what God has given us, um, we don't have less, we have more. And it's, it's a Jesus kind of math. I mean, I love the story of um, the the little boy who offered his lunch to the disciples, and then Jesus took that and blessed it and multiplied it. And I think that's such a beautiful picture for us as believers. You know, that little boy, um, he could have offered part of it. He, he didn't. He offered all of it. And it wasn't enough to meet the need, you know, to feed 5,000 people. But when we offer what we have, Jesus does the miraculous with it. And I think that's just a, a powerful truth that, that we can hold on to. We are chatting with Kristen Welch uh, from Houston, founder of Mercy House Global. Uh, her new book is called Raising World Changers. Uh, we've got one more segment with Kristen, so stay with us. And just a reminder, folks, uh, this is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We do this show every weekend right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, in Orlando. And, of course, we're always very pleased when you uh, plug in with us. We have a wide, wide range of guests uh, talking about many, many different topics. And we're always very honored when you plug in with us. Uh, more with Kristen Welch right after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. The 
Your credit card companies love you. They love it when your cards stay maxed out. They love it when you only make minimum payments. They love it when you struggle. Why? Because they own you. And minimum payments mean maximum profits. Here's great news. National Debt Relief is now offering you free information on how to escape your credit card debt nightmare. If you owe more than $10,000 in credit card debt and are only barely making minimum payments, know this. You may not have to pay it all back. In fact, you may have the right to settle that debt for only a fraction of what you owe. National Debt Relief has helped thousands of people get rid of over $500 million of debt. And they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. Get the information you need for free right now before this offer goes away. Call National Debt Relief now and escape your credit card debt troubles. 800-679-1288. 800-679-1288. 800-679-1288. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandbeck, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. A new trend is in the air. Affordable private air travel to the most popular Florida destinations. Trend Airways is here, where one low monthly membership fee gets you where you want to go fast. Trend Airways offers an unlimited membership that empowers your travel simply, elegantly to Florida's most popular destinations. Just pay one monthly fee, then fly as many times as you'd like in their network. Go online to iFlyTrend.com or call 407-374-FLY1. That's 407-374, the word fly, the number one. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Kristen Welch is with us. Uh, Her book is called Raising World Changers in a Changing World. How One Family Discovered the Beauty of Sacrifice and the Joy of Giving. Kristen, we've arrived at this topic. Why we keep paying the price. Why we keep paying the price. What What does that mean? Well, I think if we get on this journey of generosity, um, you know, we talked about how it would cost us, but we um, we continue on it and, and enjoy it because of what it gives us back, and that's joy and purpose. I think that that's one of the things that's missing, one of the, the two things that are missing most in our culture is joy and contentment and you know, purpose and fulfillment, doing something that matters with our lives, laying our head on our pillow at night and feeling like I gave it all today and I made a difference in someone's life. And I think that the profound joy that comes from sharing what we've been given is just unparalleled to anything else we will ever know. And it's contagious. It makes us want to continue giving and it's, Let's move to this topic. The happiest people alive. Who are they? <laughs> well, I think they're generous people. I think um, we we live in a society that craves happiness and, and contentment. And when we can um, share what we've been given, um, we are deeply, deeply 
content. Um, I was talking to my kids the other day, and um, and it's amazing that, you know, as parents, we become their example. And that can go either way. It can be a, a good thing or a bad thing. And um, my son, we were in the car, and he asked, he's 16, he asked if we could take um, one of his friends to church, to youth group on Wednesday night. And I said, you know, yes, we can, but is this instead of the other two boys that we pick up every week? And he said, no, this is another kid. This is a third boy. And I caught his eye in the rearview mirror, and I was hoping he didn't feel my um, frustration. And I just, I said, how many boys are you going to invite to church? And he said, well, how many seats do we have in our van? He said, you have taught us to share what we have. And he said, I love taking them to church because their families don't go. And, and what I saw on his face was joy, just this contagious joy of getting to share what he had been given. And, you know, I, I learned a lesson from my, my son that day. and just a good reminder that um, sharing what you have makes you um, joyful and, and, and happier, for sure. Let's talk about this topic, Kristen. <clears throat> What's really at stake? Question mark. Well, I think what's really at stake is we get one life. This crazy, beautiful opportunity to make a difference. And um, we have an opportunity to accept where we are, where God has placed us, and believe there's a reason we are where we are. Um, I love the book of Esther and how we have this example of someone who was impositioned to be put into a position to set her people free. And I think God often impositions us in our lives, maybe work we don't enjoy or jobs we hate to go to every day, um, difficult family situations, neighborhoods that we wish we didn't live in. You know, we all have trials and struggles, but we are where we are for a reason. And if we believe that, then there are people in our path, at our jobs, in our community that we are supposed to reach for the gospel. And we have Esther as an example. She was in position, but she was inside the gate for a reason. And that was to be a part of the freedom of other, other people. And I think God puts us in, in places that sometimes aren't the easiest because he wants to use us for his glory. Now I want you to explain to us storing our treasures in heaven. Well, I think that's the ultimate goal is, um, is heaven and looking forward to where our rewards are are going to, to be. Um, I think that we're meant to be homesick for heaven, that um, the struggles and trials that we endure tether us to heaven, not to earth. If, if earth is all we have, this world that we know, then um, it can get depressing and lonely and hard. But if we're tethered to heaven, then we know that all the things that we go through and experience are um, meaningful, and and there are rewards for how we live on earth, what we 
endure and experience. And so I think that um, it's something to hold on to. It's a, a blessed hope that one day we will meet God face to face and he'll say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You, I, I blessed you with a life in North America and you shared it with those who had left. Um, enter the kingdom of heaven and, and enjoy eternity with me. Let's move to this topic, Kristen. Kristen Welch is our guest. <clears throat> a family soul care plan. Uh, explain that, please. Well, I think um, I definitely wanted to include this chapter in the book about generosity and raising givers because um, I think that we have to live balanced lives and um, sometimes, you know, just in our own family, we've discovered that giving our lives away is it takes a toll and it's hard and it's exhausting. And, um, I, we learn that in a difficult way by not taking care of ourselves. Um, and, and so we, we have to have a balance there where as we give, we're also receiving from God. And that can look a lot of different ways, whether it's isolating ourselves with our father, um, replenishing what we're giving out. Um, but as parents and, and, families, you know, it's important to create memories together and, and do things that um, that remind us that um, what we're doing matters. And so um, I think we can teach our, our families, still care, and even ourselves by being vulnerable with people and um, retreating to quiet places with God, um, surrounding yourself with community. Um, and celebrating what God has done for us. Kristen, let's close on this note. The answer. We can change our lifestyles, or we can change a life. Fill us in. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the, the heartbeat of this book, um, is believing that our life is not an accident, that we weren't here to take up space, that God has a unique design and purpose for our our lives, our families, that we are where we are for a reason, that when we share what we have, we won't have less, we'll have more, and that we have this incredible opportunity to change people's lives. And, you know, I think sometimes we think it has to be big to be significant. You know, we want to supersize everything in our culture. We don't have to start a nonprofit. We don't have to go overseas to make a difference in the world. We simply have to open our eyes and see the needs around us and ask God if we can meet them. How can we meet someone's need today? And that's how we change the world. That's how we raise world changers, by um, meeting the need of another person, by putting someone in front of ourselves. And when we do that, we not only change that person, our lives are changed as well. Well, we've had a good visit, Kristen. I'm grateful that we could chat about your book, Raising World Changers. Kristen Welch, our guest. All the best to you, Kristen. Thank you so much. We'll have a wrap-up, folks, right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. A reminder, this is 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word in Orlando. We gather like this every weekend. And, of course, we're always very, very pleased that uh, you're with us. And remember, faith comes by hearing. 
More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Sacrifice. When you have children, sacrifice just comes with the territory. You sacrifice a new outfit for a new baseball glove. You sacrifice that romantic getaway for a summer missions trip. You sacrifice because you love your children and you want them to have every advantage. Let us help you lessen the sacrifice it takes to send your son or daughter to the finest Christian schools in Central Florida by half. That's right. When you go to AmazingRadioDeals.com, you'll find half-off tuition for some of our community's most reputable faith-based schools, ranging from preschool all the way to Bible college. And you won't have to sacrifice hours in the car either. Our partner schools are located throughout the Orlando area, and chances are there's one near you. You want the best for your child. You're willing to sacrifice. And here at 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word, we're ready to help with half-price tuition to faith-based schools. Explore your options today at AmazingRadioDeals.com. That's AmazingRadioDeals.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Thanks, so much for joining us here, folks, on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Michael Youssef was with us from Atlanta uh, talking about his new book, The Hidden Enemy. And then Kristen Welch plugged in from Houston uh, talking about her book, Raising World Changers. Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com. The Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And uh, I've got a new book out. It's called Coach Wooden's Forgotten Teams. It's a book about John Wooden and his summer camps that he ran for many, many years in the L.A. area. And we've captured Coach Wooden in that environment. And I think you'll have a really nice time reading about the legendary coach. In the meantime, uh, have a great day in church tomorrow. A wonderful week ahead. And we're back next weekend for more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at the same time where faith comes by hearing. 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.